Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown and beyond. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Indiana. How are you? It's 1106, 34 degrees and cloudy skies in downtown Indianapolis from our studios on the circle. Welcome to the second hour of the first day Sunday magazine show on this March 12th. I'm Terry Lynn Stacy. Denny Paul Smith is here. Good morning, girl. Kylan Lynn Talley is also here. Did you just give me two middle names? Uh-huh. Okay. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Hey, we're glad you're here today. Flower and Patio Show is open now at the fairgrounds, if you're on the way. On stage at noon, Todd Jamison of Balanced Harvest Farm. Good guy. He's going to be talking about dahlia planting. Oh, good heavens. Yep. At 1.30, Kimber Tucker from Banner Flower House in Kokomo is going to do uh, fun with flowers for kids. That's kind of fun. That ought to be fun. I like that. But looking ahead through the week, tomorrow at 2, baby shower centerpieces. That's fun. Birthday party, fun with flowers on Tuesday. Bonsai, Peony 101, and bridal bouquets next Sunday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> at the Flower and Patio Show. Oh, boy. Get your discount tickets online at indianaflowerandpatioshow.com. Uh, we've got Minecraft the Exhibit. It opened at the Children's Museum yesterday. That's a big deal. So they are open for business today. March Madness in full swing. Today being Selection Sunday. The field of 68 teams will be unveiled during the NCAA Men's Championship Basketball Selection Show at 6 p.m. on CBS. And then at 8 p.m. tonight, it's the 65th Academy Awards Show, hosted by Jimmy Kimmel. We will. Uh, we were going to talk movies with actress and martial artist Katie O'Brien, who grew up in Indianapolis, in a couple of really hot, hot films right now. Mandalorian being the latest. Latest. We will talk to her next week. You will hear this conversation with Katie and see how she's doing out in Hollywood next week. But Denny Paul, there was a story. Uh, in the news, Parker that, just had it. Please, yeah. will you talk about that a little bit? Well, something happened. We'll call in the- this Investing Sense segment right now. <laughs> That's right. Thank you, Kylie. Last week, Terry and Kai, something in the United States, we witnessed something that hasn't happened in nearly two decades, and oh. it was a rather abrupt closing of a really large bank in California. It's called Silicon Valley Bank, and no advance notice is ever given when they close a bank. They just sort of come in, shut the doors, take over the bank. For I de- never really hear about banks closing. No, you don't. And for depositors, individuals, large businesses, small businesses, the closing can be a bit scary, and it's, it, they're afraid of the ripple effect. But SVV collapses, the second largest banking failure in American history. Terry, it had $210 billion in assets, and in one 10-hour period, Depositors were pulling out a million dollars a second. In the end, they had pulled out $42 million. And because of the rather questionable investments that they had on their balance sheet, they had gone long on bonds. Now, the thing about bonds is, is they're a teeter-totter. When interest rates go up, the value of the bond goes down. So here they have all of these long-term 20- and 30-year bonds. They were betting that interest rates were going to come down where the bonds would come up in Mm -hmm. value. 
they lost the bet. And when the Federal Reserve went that way, it was so bad that the CEO sold $3.5 million worth of stock two weeks ago. So they knew that the fish was stinking. They just didn't know what was going to happen. But then all of a sudden, they take this long position, and they'd lost so much money that even the businesses that invest that put their money there for on deposit started pulling it out because those guys have to make payrolls, they have to pay their accounts payable, and right now the FDIC comes in and says, "All right, we're going to back you up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars." Well, if you've got sixteen to twenty million dollars in there for your accounts payable, you know that's your cash flow. You, you're saying to yourself, "How am I going to make payroll? How am I going to pay my bills?" Yeah, and that's where it is right now. Before it closed on Friday, that forty-two million dollars was pulled out. And now behind the scenes, I am sure that the government, the FDIC, has been named the receiver, which is normal in this case. But now the federal government's come in, and they need to find a larger bank to acquire these assets. That will stabilize the market. Otherwise, S&P futures start trading at 6 o'clock tonight or 5 o'clock tonight. And uh, they need to make sure that this announcement is made by noon o'clock. So by the time we close uh, this show today... It will be very, very helpful to stabilize the markets if the feds come out and say, we've talked such and such larger bank, maybe one of the top four, top six, top 10. This was the number 16 bank or number 18 bank in the nation. And they specialized with startup companies in the tech industry. So all of these tech companies that have all this innovation, they're standing there with their hat in their hands saying, I'm not even gonna be able to pay my employees. So it's a very, very serious thing. And really, People are wondering, how far is it going to go? Well, I was going to say, and people may be saying, well, how will that affect me here? You know, that's that's a great question. And what does it mean for us as depositors in our own banks? The thing you got to do is take a deep breath. Okay. One of the things because that- this does affect, you think this does affect we don't know. us or we, we just don't know, but it we could. We don't know. Yeah. There's such a thing that they call contagion. But what a lot of people uh, seem to be doing right now is that if they have been with the same bank, the hometown bank forever, I think the smaller banks are probably in better shape than the larger banks. But people are saying, okay, I've got $450,000. I think I'm going to take 200000 and put it in another bank. That way I'm fully insured. That's what a lot of people are thinking and considering to do. Whatever you do, work with your investment advisor, take a deep breath, measure twice, and cut once because this is serious stuff. And you can see why some people want to diversify, Terry, but this is this is serious, serious stuff. And as always, it starts in California. It always starts on the coast. Very interesting yeah. how something out there that's happening mm-hmm. to a bank could affect us here around the country. Exactly. Lehman Brothers, uh, it was uh, 2007, 2008, we lost Lehman Brothers. They got a bigger bank to come in. I, I can't remember which one it was. Same thing's taken place. But I guarantee you that every investment house, every investment advisor is on a conference call either this evening or tomorrow morning because nobody knows which way it's going to go. But hopefully they'll get it stabilized with another bank coming in. But Parker's uh, Parker Carlson uh, did a really good job with this news story. Explain this story. Yeah. All right, we will keep uh, we'll keep watching for what happens next. It is eleven twelve coming up. We're going to talk about something else that made it into the news this week, and it's about those little pink packets. Well, I shouldn't have pointed them out because maybe it's not. It's but not we'll the pink find ones, out. It's, it's not. It's the yellow ones. The green ones. Is it the green ones? There's green, yellow, blue, and pink. The packets that might harm you when we come back <laughs> to the first day on ninety three WIBC. Eleven eighteen on the first day. 
Another Oscar-nominated song, Applause. That's from the movie Tell It Like a Woman. Oh, I like it. Me too. Didn't see the movie, but I like the song. It's kind of inspiring. A little Sunday get into the week. She's Kylan Talley. She inspires every day. Oh, I get it from you. Thank you. I'm Terry Stacy, along with Denny Smith. Joining me now is Dr. Angela DeBoard Henriksen, a board-certified internal medicine physician here in central Indiana. I reached out to her this week because I've been digesting this recent study that appeared in Nature magazine about artificial sweeteners, and specifically stevia. This article basically laid out some rather startling evidence that low-sugar or sugar-free foods sweetened with artificial sweeteners may have a very unexpected and very unwelcome side effect. Dr. Hendrickson, thanks for joining us today to discuss this uh, bell ringer of an article. It scared the poop out of me. <laughs> well, thanks for having me, Denny. Yeah, it, it kind of scared me too, um, as I've you know often recommended stevia to patients. So this was a, a little bit alarming to me as well. Yeah, sure. You know, everybody wants the sweet, Angela, but nobody wants the calories. So somewhere, somebody's always coming up with this magic formula to give us what we want. And it was psychological in the 1960s, and now it's got some newer cousins of aspartame, sorbitol, xylitol, I'm trying to think, corn syrup. In this case, it's erythritol, and it's found in stevia and monk fruit e- extracts. It's the latest sweetener with issues. How do our bodies respond to these type of things? Well, the way those artificial sweeteners work is they affect the body and the brain's ability to gauge how much food you're actually eating. Because when you get the sweetness without the calories, it tends to confuse the normal digestive process. This in turn can alter the gut bacteria and how we you know, manifest disease in our body overall. But it initially will make people crave more sugar and maybe even make them crave more food because the body can't really gauge how much sweet and calories is getting combined when you use those. Got it. So I I dove into that article and the culprit that appears to be in high levels of of heart attack and stroke victims is this erythritol or the monk fruit extract. Where is it building up? And is it like the plaque that when we do these coronary um, scans, is it in the arteries around our hearts or where is it building up? It's kind of like that. The study showed that what the erythritol actually does is it potentially increases clotting factors by enhancing the way the platelets clump together and to actually form clots. So in simple terms, it kind of makes things stickier so that there's more tendency for those clotting factors to stick on the inside of the arteries and especially when there's any type of endothelial damage. So I think that's that's what is happening. The people with that were in the top 25% of the study that had the highest levels of erythritol had almost a twofold higher risk of stroke and heart attack in that study from nature. The voice you hear is that of Dr. Angela DeBoard Hendrickson of the Be Well Family Care here in Carmel. And she's our guest this morning. Dr. Hendrickson, I got a dozen questions, but I did do some additional research about the British Medical Journal piece. They published a study that found that there was an increased risk of cardiovascular disease in people with the highest intake of all artificial sweeteners. Is there enough evidence to determine if it is the artificial sweeteners that are causal for cardiovascular disease? 
Well, honestly, I don't know that there's enough evidence. I think a lot more research needs to be done. I don't know the you know number of participants in that study, but I do know that the number of participants in the nature study was relatively low. I also was more of a correlation study and not actually causation. So they started with people in the nature study that had higher risk factors for cardiovascular disease in the first place, specifically like diabetes. So they were already at increased risk. So I don't know that these studies actually determine that erythritol or some of these other artificial sweeteners are the cause, but there definitely needs to be more research done on this. You know, I don't envy you physicians because you've got all these correlatives that come up and whether it's weight, whether it's diet, whether it's the use of artificial sweeteners, alcohol, tobacco, all of this, you've got quite a puzzle to put together. Uh, I, I have done some additional stuff looking backwards that why this was not an issue so long ago. You know my wife, Janie, her family comes from southern Indiana where sorghum was made into syrup in the late summer. We would go down there and Uncle Russell would do sorghum molasses boils. And the other sweeteners they used were honey and maple syrup. Those were the sweeteners of our grandparents' generation. What's the difference between these natural sweeteners and the sugar substitutes that we have available to us now? Well, I think part of it is what we discussed before in the way the body processes the sweetness without the calories um, and how it does kind of confuse the digestive system in general. But then those other sweeteners also are really low in the glycemic index. And that is actually kind of how quickly our body elevates blood sugar, which we think to be the cause of a lot of cardiovascular disease. They're natural substances. Anytime something comes straight from the earth, I always feel like it's probably better than something that's processed as well. That's one of the things we've always liked about you. You walk the walk. I mean, you you really do pay attention to that. Now, you and I both know the very famous Dr. Dirt, Dick Crum, who oh, always, yeah. yeah, he always told us that aspartame, the little pink packets, which is is NutraSweet or equal, could be used as an ant poison to kill ants. And Dick always said uh-huh. that it was a great poison for carpenter ants and, of course, down in Texas, it would be fire ants. As a mm-hmm. physician, what is your perspective for anything, for any of us using this as an artificial sweetener? I never recommend any of the older artificial sweeteners, aspartame, saccharin, sucralose, that are in a lot of the brand names like Equal and Splenda, Sweet and Low. I uh, tend to only recommend stevia to patients, but the problem with stevia is, as you can see, it can be mixed with erythritol in some of these processed packaged goods that you can get on the shelf. So you can actually find organic stevia in the liquid form, but you really have to read the ingredients labels. And I definitely think that using some of the more natural type sweeteners is better, you know, kind of like you discussed, like honey and and maple syrup, those type of things. So that's the best suggestion? Uh, Go back to the natural ones and then if... I think so. Yeah, you can do a lot with natural sweeteners still, like you can take dates, you can soak them overnight, and then in the morning you can kind of blend them with some water into like a honey-like consistency. That's a great sweetener and it's completely natural. Of course, honey, grade B, maple syrup, fruit's always a good sweetener. I love spices. You can use cinnamon and vanilla bean and nutmeg. Those are always great to, you know, sweeten up your coffee or tea. So I think, like we said before, if it comes from the earth, it's probably a better choice for you. This processed stuff can really mess with our bodies. Angela, I have never heard of nutmeg in a, in a hot drink. I'm oh, going to yeah. have to try it. You like it, huh? Oh, it's great. Yes. Dr. Angela DeBoard Hendrickson of the Be Well Family Care in Carmel has been our guest. You can find her at BeWellFamilyCare.com. Angela, you're a delight. Thanks for spending some time with us this morning. Oh, well, thanks so much for having me. 
It is 1126. Nice job, Denny. Thanks, girl. Really good job. She was a great lady. She really knows terrific. what she's talking about. Just terrific. That story popped up uh, earlier in the week, and I thought, oh, I was looking at all the pink packets in my house. <laughs> <laughs> you know, ant poison. Here we go. Pink packets or ant poison. Oh, okay. my gosh. Okay. Uh, Kylan, trending stories today? Yeah, some local trending stories for you going into your Fox News bottom of the hour segment. The Indianapolis City County Council has unanimously passed an ordinance this last Monday mm-hmm. to ban pet stores in Indianapolis from selling dogs, cats, and rabbits. This is to encourage adoption from the city's crowded animal care shelters and hopefully protect consumers from those misleading puppy mills instead. I don't have a problem with this one. Denny, do you have a problem with it? I don't. I hate it when they get involved in any industry. It's always about control, but in this case, I think they got it right. Me too. Something interesting about that, though, the Indiana Senate passed that Senate Bill 134, but then, so, this senator, he passed the bill to restrict cities and towns like Indianapolis from banning the sale of certain dogs at pet stores, so then he's trying to counteract that, so we'll see what ends up coming out of that. We'll move on. Okay. Okay. Next trending story is, according to a recent study on U.S. crime... One of our one of our small cities here in Indiana uh-huh. ranked one of the safest small cities in the country. Oh, is a it Knightstown, Indiana? Oh, it's from well, you're from there. Of course, it would be a small, <laughs> safe small city, but no, Zionsville. Oh, Zionsville! I love Zionsville. Ranked eighth on the list. Kudos yeah. to you guys. That's cool. Is that where John Stair? John Stair's trying John to Stair's become the mayor of for mayor there, yeah. and. Uh, you know, I met the Zionsville canine officer last night, uh, officer or Corporal Stutzman, but it's a great little town. It surely is. I love it. First place David and I lived as a couple. Aww. I mean, as a married couple. <laughs> oh, they threw you out? And they threw us out. We were evicted. <laughs> That's the truth. We were evicted and we went to home place. Oh, boy. And Next. your last trending story is a new exhibit just opened up at the Indiana Historical Society for Chuck Taylor and the history of those uh, iconic shoes. Love I it. had some red Chuck Taylors. They were the Converse, you know, suede. Yeah, my mom told me never to wear them on a date. How come? She said a, a gentleman cool. does not wear tennis shoes on a date. So you never got to wear them on no, a no, date? No, I, no, I didn't. Jane yeah, didn't do it on a date. But I did buy Jane a pair, and my mom thought it was the most obnoxious Christmas present. Oh, I for think a girl. Lo- oh, I oh, Jane loved, loved them. them but- we all wanted to wear the, the boys' Chuck Taylors. Yeah. And Kylan said, she, you too <laughs> yeah. love them, well, for but us, didn't know who Chuck Taylor We love really our was. Converse, and so we wear Converse all the time, and we'll call them Chuck Taylors, at least for me, because it's nostalgia and I don't really so necessarily know muse- anything about it. But where's the museum going to be? It's an it's, exhibit. Yeah, oh, it's an it's exhibit. An exhibit. Okay. At the historical society. Mm-hmm, at the historical society. And to give you a little teaser into something that you might see there. So Chuck Taylor, he was born in Nashville, Indiana, and then went to high school in Columbus. And then it kind of goes through all of the different influence that he had on basketball. And then, of course, with the shoes coming up. So I think that's just pretty interesting. So yeah, pretty cool. go over to the Indiana Historical Society to see that new exhibit. I saw a here. performance of Grease last week, and all the kids were wearing the black Converse mm-hmm. instead yep. of the white oh, Converse. Yeah, they're too. cute aren't they? I love them. All right. Hey, thank you, Kylan. It is 1129. Today's top stories are next on 93 WIBC. I could listen to this song forever. Okay. This is an Oscar-nominated song, isn't it? 
Lift Me Up from Black Panther with Rihanna. It's a wonderful chord structure. It is. She's going to be performing it live on the Oscars tonight, I think. I think so, too, yeah. That is going to be a great performance. I think better than the Super Bowl for some of you who did not enjoy that. (laughs) We've got 34 degrees and cloudy skies on Monument Circle. That's Kylan Talley, Denny Smith. I'm Terry Stacey. Well, people love to bet on sports, especially on the NCAA tournament, which is right around the corner. And if you're wondering how much money is bet on March Madness each year, the American Gaming Association reports that Americans will wager an estimated $3.1 billion on this year's championship tournament. Now, that's a lot of money. And for most of us, it's $5, $20, $50 a few times a year. And it's a lot of fun. But for some, it's not just a few times a year, and it can really tear apart friends and family. And we're going to talk about it right now with the executive director of the Indiana Council on Problem Gambling, Christina Gray. Christina, welcome. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Indiana legalized online betting in 2019. Is it true that gambling problems are not caused by gambling being easily attainable? I think it's I think it's a little bit true. You know, the more accessible it becomes, the easier I think it is for people to do it. Gambling addictions, I'm told, have very similar symptoms as other addictions. Is that true? Yes, it is true. They've done some studies and they have... Uh, looked at the brain activity when someone is gambling, they can do that now. And they said that it equates to someone who is addicted to drugs. The same things are going on in their brain when they're gambling as someone who is addicted to drugs. What are maybe some gambling addiction facts that we just might not know? 95% of the people have no problem with with gambling they they do it for entertainment and it's fine there's a one percent where it is all they think about and then there's the three to four percent that it can affect parts of their lives but not every part of their life the other thing that i don't think people realize is what all is gambling Mm. you know a lot of people don't realize when you go and play bingo you go to a church or a school or whatever, and they have a casino night. They don't realize that pull tabs are betting. There's a whole charity gaming. There's betting on all kinds of different sports. There's the casinos. There's horse racing. There's dog racing. They haven't really come out and said it yet, but it can even go into the video games. The loot boxes, the skins, that kind of thing. And and so I don't think a lot of people realize what all entails gambling. And then the other thing, it is just so ingrained in it, it's just such a part of our lives. This is uh, Christina Gray. She's the executive director of the Indiana Council on Problem Gambling. Tell us what you do at Indiana Council on Problem Gambling. Well, I'm here to mostly educate and make people aware of problem gambling. I do. I also do some advocacy when bills come up at the state house. I go and I talk about um, getting money. You know, we're neutral on. We're not for or against legalized gambling, but what what we feel is that if you're going to legalize it, please help those who may have a problem with it, and we need to put money aside to help those people. But the first thing we need to do is get rid of the stigmatism surrounding it. It it is considered an addiction. Medically, it is considered a disease, 
And so people need to, we, we're hoping people will be comfortable coming forward eventually and saying, you know, I need help because there is help out there. Uh, the other thing I do, um, our number is out there. So I do get calls from people who have um, a problem with gambling, either the actual person or a friend or a family member. And I will discuss with them the resources out there. There's GA and there's therapy out there. And there is a little bit of funding to help people if they can't afford it. It's not much, but there is some state funding out there to help people that need to get help with problem gambling and want to seek therapy. I understand that a lot of people, many people who have become problem gamblers are also very successful and are seen by others as very strong, intelligent people. And compulsive gambling does not mean necessarily that you're a weak person. That's true. That is so true because it it just takes you over and it's not, and it can affect anybody. Um, I don't know if you read the news lately about the the woman, the 72-year-old woman at the church who had been taking money to gamble. Now, I don't know if she had a problem, but she was taking funds from the church to gamble. So it can affect anybody. It can affect a high schooler all the way up to senior citizens. A lot of senior citizens like to play bingo. They like to go to the casinos because that's where they socialize. We can see that the person that might have a drinking addiction or a drug addiction, but with gambling, I'm not sure that it would be right out there in front of me. Right, um, because, you know, you, you don't see a lot of times the effect, but there are some warning signs. A couple of them are they spend a lot of time gambling. They, they think about it all the time. They're, you know, they talk about it all the time. They'll they'll hide their gambling losses. Oh, I, I hear all the time, well, I won this much, I won this much, I won this much, and I'll say, How much did you lose before you you know, and, and that you know, they don't like to hear that. They don't like to talk about what they've lost. A lot of people gamble to escape, to not deal with things, and they'll miss important family events or work to gamble. They'll suffer um mood swings. So, you know, if if they're doing great, they're happy and bubbly and but if they're losing, they're grumpy, they're uncomfortable to be around. So those are some of the warning signs. So you you kind of have to pick up on things because you're right. You cannot see it physically. Yeah. Well, there is a helpline in Indiana. It's 1-800-9 with it. W I T H dash I T, but the number is 800 800- nine nine four eight four four eight or they can text in gam that's i n g a m b to five three three four two and that way they'll they will be able to talk to somebody the big thing is that if you feel that you have a problem with gambling or if you are a family or friend first of all there's hope out there there's help and hope in recovery you can get more information on our website there's also resources out there for family and friends Christina, we really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, it's such an important topic. Thank you. It is 1143, 34 degrees and cloudy skies in downtown Indianapolis. This is the first day on 93 WIBC.
747. Guess who that is? Gosh, I don't know. Is it? I don't know. It sounded like Whitney Houston's it did, daughter. Didn't it? it it sounded like Whitney Houston, but it's not. Lady Gaga. Really? This song is also an Oscar-nominated one. That, that woman, I like her music, but she took an overdose of Strange about five years ago, and she has not survived. I mean, she when she so. wore the meat dress, did you see her when she wore the meat dress? It was a long dress? time ago. Yeah. She's come oh, so really far from the meat ago. dress. She's come so far from well, the meat dress. Well, in her movie with Bradley Cooper, she was so sweet. Oh, she yeah. was good. Uh, when a star was born? Yes. Yeah. You know what she did with that meat dress? What? She, I believe she donated it to some animal shelters for food. Good, good huh. for her. She really did. Can you imagine that stink? Or well, that I don't know, but animals. And speaking of which, if I may, Indianapolis Animal Care Service is again issuing a plea for help. Please help to find forever homes for the dogs that are currently They're in their care. They're paying for everything for the adoption. Everything. Gosh, I'm telling you. Friday night, they said if dozens of animals aren't adopted this weekend, that they are going to be forced to euthanize some of those dogs. So if you can, I mean, it's free. You can come in today. It's open now at Indianapolis Animal Care. Uh, it's open today until 5.30. Adoptions are free, including spay-neuter services, microchipping, and age-appropriate vaccinations. So this is the time to do it, if you can, because I'm afraid by the end of today, they're taking about 15 dogs a day in the shelter. Mm-hmm. So, again, that's Indianapolis Animal Care Services. We hope that that doesn't happen. I hope it doesn't reach that uh that awful, awful process. I just breaks my heart. Uh, that is, uh, again, doing that today until 530 if you can make a difference in the life of a dog. Terry, have you seen the ponds lately? All the, the ponds, ponds around The ponds? No, we have a creek. We have a creek. Well, the algae bloom, even in the creek, you'll start to see the, the phytoplanktons. The, they'll start to green oh. up and stuff. But it's everywhere. When we're talking right to the now, mayor. Right now, in the winter? I know. Well, we had a mild winter. It was all, all that sunshine. And we get this algae bloom, and it's... Uh, and what does it do? Um, is it killing it, things? Uh, it strangles a lot. It puts out toxins, usually. Like the red tide, we were talking to the yeah, mayor. Thousands now, so- of fish are Saltwater's different. Yeah, they had 13 tons of dead fish. Is that what it was? In, Fl- in Fort Myers Beach. I don't know if you can grind that up and make pet food out of it. I, the thing is, is that the fish have been poisoned by the bloom. And it's a it's a hazardous algae bloom, is what they call them HABs. H A B. Is that funny? Um, but we're starting to get them here in Indiana, and I rather imagine that all the guys like my buddy Mark Litweiler and Ponds RX and all the people that treat ponds, they're going to have their work cut out for them. I mean, you're talking about having to treat it at least every week to ten days in the beginning just to knock it down. Gosh, I would have never thought that was happening right now. It's hard on the fish when we've had a little snow this morning. Yeah. Hard to think about. Uh, Kylan is putting her blue makeup on. She's going to be performing today. She's the queen. She's got a black eye. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Alice over at uh, Kurt Vonnegut mm-hmm. Museum. Yep. Normally, you've seen me as the Mad Hatter with my blue and red makeup, eye makeup on. And so today I will be the queen and the March Hare. One come o'clock and, and three o'clock is mm-hmm. when the adults can 1 come 1 p.m. is kids' show, so yeah. if you'd prefer to take I some I think I'd want to friendly. come to the kids' show because I don't want to see you as ornery. I think that's more your style, Danny. I think it is, too. <laughs> I don't uh, think you can handle the queen. Uh, queen was a bit ornery when I heard it before. Yeah. Oh, my God. She said off with your head about three times to Denny today. 
Yeah. I'm just getting in. Oh, wait a minute. Into character. Three you times. two have been fighting like sisters, oh, fighting over a and boy. about a loving sisters. Yeah. Absolutely we, loving. But just teasing one another on National Girl Scout Day. You think I would be mean on National Girl Scout Day? <laughs> Today is National Girl Scout Day. Girl Scouting in the United States began on this day, March 12th, 1912, when Juliet Gordon Lowe organized the first Girl Scout troop meeting. How many girls were there? Three. 18. Oh. Wow. Now, Girl Scouts has grown to over 3.7 million members. Wow. Happy National Girl Scout Day. I still have my Girl Scout badge and every, my uh, buttons and pins. Mm-hmm. My I wish I does. knew where my badges were. Did you, were you a Girl Scout? I was, yeah. Did you make it to Cadet? Did you stay oh. just in Brownies? Did you go, I just went to Brownies and then mm-hmm. maybe a couple years as a Cadet. Yeah, we stayed then, pretty basic. We, I, we did not get into being fully dedicated necessarily, but we did do a few years in Girl Scouts and would go on the camping trips and everything. Oh, but, did you go to Camp Del, uh, Delwood? Oh, no, you weren't from here. I know. I was, um, no, no. I don't remember. Southern Indiana. I yeah. was. Southern Indiana, Camp Delwood out on the west side. Denny, when we were going to Camp Delwood, it was my first camping trip as a Girl Scout. And I thought we, and lived in Indianapolis at the time. Very, it was when I was a, I bet I was a brownie. Um, and I thought it was a million miles away. And it's just out on High School it's Road. It's Wall Street. Yeah, it's Wall Street Pike or 21st Street yeah. and Girl School Road. It's and a cool place. It's a good... They, remember, they have the White House there, the big house. And uh, as Boy Scouts, we loved to sort of sneak in the back. We could come in through Old Man Gratison's oh. property and head west. And we would sneak in when the girls were doing things. And then we got caught. <laughs> Denny! Got I'm just saying it might You were saying happened. I was ornery? No. It was just west of Speedway. And so... Oh. And Jules Gratison lived right there on 21st Street. He was the concrete guy. And uh, anyway, he was he was a fun man. It's probably pretty normal. Pretty yeah, normal. probably was. If you're driving on I-465, you've probably noticed oh, some slowdowns. And that's going to continue through until about 5 a.m. tomorrow. Uh, they have been closing some of the westbound lanes. Two yeah. of the three, actually. Including the mm-hmm. entrances onto them. Yep. You just can't get on. All between 65 and 70. Tr- getting a little bit closer to that split reopening. Yeah, okay. Thank you for that reminder, too. It is Plant a Flower Day. Do you know what the flowers of March are, Denny, as a uh, master gardener? Uh, pansies, for sure. Nope. Daffodils? Yes. Okay. Crocuses? Uh-uh. Or croci? Another one. Um, Starts uh, with an M. M. I don't like them. This is my least favorite flower. I give up. Marigold. Oh. I love marigolds. They're great to plant around mm. your tomatoes because they take care of bugs. Oh, they do? Yeah. I don't know what that's called, but as Master Gardeners, they teach us that with certain uh, plants putting next to each other, there's a symbiotic relationship that helps both of them. So if you're planting tomatoes, it's a good idea to plant mm-hmm. peppers too. marigolds peppers and around marigolds. the tomatoes or the peppers. Close, yeah. And that will help with bug control. Yeah. Because the bugs would rather go to the marigold than eat the... Well, how come? I don't, I don't really know why. I just... Well, you're a master gardener. Well, I know. Was that not part of the class? It's, it's kind of, <laughs> I mean, sort of I would have raised ouch, my hand. Ouch, I said, well, ouch. why? She's hitting me. Why? She's hitting me. I don't know. <laughs> Today's also National I Am Day. And that, that goes mean? towards affirmation. So I am powerful. I am valuable. I am inspiring. I, I am, am smart. Mm-hmm. Jesse Jackson did that. I saw this TikTok come across my feed, and it really just spoke to me. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share it with you. Okay, we're listening. Whatever you want from someone else... Give it to yourself first. If you want compliments from someone else, give them to yourself first. If you want validation from someone else, give it to yourself first. Because no matter how many of them they give you, if you never gave it to yourself in the first place, it will never be enough. 
Terry, you, give yourself that love today. I love it. I am not good at that sort of thing. I yeah, never have I been think very it's a girl good th- at it. I don't think girls are good at it. Guys are, you know, men are stupid, oh, sure. learn to work you around it. Men can do anything like that. But girls are just that. a little bit more modest. They, yeah. uh, they've been taught not in a different way. I but. just never was very good at it. But it's it works for a lot of people. It really does. So Positive self-talk. I am day and National Working Moms Day, too. Uh, in fact, every mom is a working mom, right? It's yeah. National Working Moms Day, celebrating the breadwinners and the bread makers, the educators and the role models, those resilient, inspirational fixtures in our children's lives. I don't want to forget Scott Cunningham, a Please. friend of the show. Scott's up in South Bend. He's going in for a medical procedure tomorrow. It's a little bit more involved than he yeah. or I would want to do it, but I tell you what, he's got his chin up. But good luck, Scott Cunningham. Terry and I and Kai are all pulling for we you, sure buddy. sure are, that's Terry, for sure. what's coming up next week? Oh, next week, Greg Cooper will be here. Thank you, Kylan, for the reminder. Greg Cooper will be here and uh, Lisa oh gosh where's my note Lisa uh, Katie O'Brien no no we've got Katie next week uh, with Cornerstone you'll just have to tune in wait a minute you guys Lisa Phillips I know who you thank you Lisa Phillips Greg Cooper with Crossroads and we collective and we will talk to them about all of the real estate stuff going on have a great week ahead the news is next